Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Tamika. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. No, it's okay. Like I said, um, you know what I said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You did. You did a reference to Lord of the Rings. Like yes, a wizard is never late, but is um always on time or something like that. Right. Nor is she early. She arrives just as me- as she means to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Without the pipe. Yeah. <laughs> right without the pipe yeah totally. we came on with the pipe and everything but like okay you might want to go on ahead and uh and so that's why you were late but <laughs> 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 it's all good okay thanks thank you for uh coming on the show and everything i do appreciate it oh yeah thanks for having me once again <laughs> you're welcome but yeah, this is actually going to be our one-on-one interview in case anybody is actually wondering. And I've been meaning to do this one-on-one interview with you for a while now. It's just that I'm glad that we're finally able to do it. Yeah, me too. You know, Because I think this is actually going to be fun. This is actually going to be a fun way for everyone to get to know, know you and everything and understand your perspective on certain things as well. And then I decided that next month, you're going to be able to interview me for a one-on-one interview oh, for a one-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Because this will be my, this, the podcast will be turning one years old uh, next month. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. So I think that will be a perfect opportunity to actually do a one-on-one interview with me. Okay. So you'll be able to interview me rather than me interviewing you. Okay. I put my best right. Anderson Cooper on. Okay. So, right off the cuff. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So, my question is this, and I've been wondering this for a while. You didn't say hello, been... movie lovers. Da, da, da. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> my bad. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, we got Tamika, like I said before, Yo. joining us for a one-on-one interview. I just want to say thank you again for being able to take some time out to talk, uh, do this one-on-one interview. I do appreciate you being here. Thank you. You're welcome anytime. And, you know, I've been wanting to ask you this for a while. Okay, here we go. And, you know, I know that you've been majoring in being a librarian and stuff like that. And I've always been wondering, like, I know that you're into history. I know you're into stuff like that, like I am. But what made you decide, hmm, I think I want to do librarian work? I just kind of fell into it. It sounds cheesy, but it found me. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, because I um, 
Well, when I graduated from college, I have a, a bachelor's in history. And I was like, I don't want to be a teacher. I don't know what to do. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so some kind of way I, I found my way volunteering for a museum and they taught me um, how to organize like historic newspapers, like kind of like create an index by date right. and subject or whatever. Um, and I was like, huh, okay, this seems pretty cool. I think I want to work in museums. You know, this is pre-librarian. Right. Okay. So I was like, I think I want to work in museums. So I went back to school and the closest major I could get to like a, a master's or whatever was heritage preservation, which is oh, wow. basically just studying the architect of buildings. But they also okay. had that concentration of public history where some people get that um, <clears throat> degree to go into museums and archives. Um, okay. So I did remember you yeah. actually doing a little bit of museum work before, though. Yeah. Too, so yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So I my my focus was just working in museums. Um, I guess you can equate it to kind of like a little Indiana Jones. Or there's a series called The Librarians. <laughs> I think it's on TBS. <laughs> I guess you can kind of equate it to that's what my focus was. Um, so about, I say a couple years into that degree, <clears throat> the focus was more on museum education, like how people put together um, programs for kids or exhibits. And I wanted to do hands-on work just with like old artifacts and like make them accessible in the system. Okay, I got you. In other words, as you'll be the one taking them out of the crates, dusting them Yeah, <laughs> or if you look online and what's called a finding aid, if somebody's doing research and like, I want to do research on um fdr's papers then i would put that information in the system and you go oh okay i know what to look for and you go to the li museum library um for that that's actually pretty interesting I'm, i never knew how that actually operated or anything mm -hmm. like that when it came down to keying certain stuff in and things like that so that's actually pretty interesting yeah yeah well that was my focus but i've figured out that about two-thirds into this program I was in that it was more about museum education creating programs for kids and exhibits and I wasn't feeling that but I was like I'm here now so I might as well finish right <laughs> and that's that's a lesson for any viewer um not viewer but um listener out there that wants to um be in a program you know and if you feel like mm, this isn't the way, it's okay to just quit it. <laughs> so you won't waste, <laughs> I wouldn't say waste time, but you know, whatever. Um, so I found that after I graduated, I didn't get many jobs or it was very specific, like a niche market. Um, What's a niche market? It's kind of like, yeah, very specialized market. Like if you go into museums 
um, here in Georgia is is competitive. Like it's not many. Like it's not like how you go into nursing. You know that's everywhere. Okay. Like museums. Okay, maybe you find like five museums, and everybody that's in museums have already flooded the market. You know, of those five museums. So, but how do you guys get stuff in? That's what I'm wondering. Like, how do you get certain key elements in there? Like something that you just described. You mean like how do you get? How do? Yeah, like how do you get like certain artifacts in from certain places and stuff like that? Oh, um, sometimes it's donors. Like, if there's a really rich person <laughs> and they <laughs> just happen to have the papers of FDR. Or they just happen to have some artifact that they want to donate to the museum. Um, they work something out on that end. Um, <clears throat> all of that, like estates and all the other stuff, I don't know too much about that part. But mm-hmm. um, that's, I think that's pretty much how it comes in. Or even if you're okay. like the FDR Museum, his family can donate some of his personal artifacts there. Okay, yeah. so that's that just something that I was kind of curious. Yeah, about. that's how we don't, you know, any it's not Indiana Jones where you go to the jungles of <laughs> Peru and you find the the Ark, the Covenant, and bring it back and go, oh, blah blah, you know, maybe it's like look what I maybe found. some people do that, you know, but um, <laughs> that's not I don't go that far. That's not Tanika's no, route. That ain't how I roll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't remember seeing any pictures of you traveling Mm-mm. to the jungle. No, you have like not. That. Um, but yeah, but, I um I'm gonna wrap it up. <laughs> but yeah, um I, I found my way back volunteering to that same museum. It's called the Atlanta History Center here. So it just focuses on the, the history of Atlanta. Um, the formation of it into the present. So that's that's what we have here. It's one of the big landmarks or museums we have in Atlanta. Um, so I find my way back to volunteering there. Um, and then uh, one of the, um, I forgot where he is. I think he's like vice president of special collections or whatever. There was this job opening like for an archivist. And he was like, you may not have much experience, but I'm going to give you a shot anyway. So, That's yeah, it, it mostly was for an actual person who had this five or ten years experience. And I just happened to get my foot in the door. Um, That's why I always tell people that ask me, you know, about how do you be an archivist? How do you give me a librarian? You have to network. With these particular, um, I don't know, career paths, mm-hmm. you have to network and get your foot in the door. And it's also good for references, too, on your resume. Okay. So long story right. short, because I'm getting to your question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was working on a photographic collection of a, a local photographer in Georgia. He took pictures from like the 80s to maybe like 1996, like events in Atlanta. 
Oh wow. Just all over Atlanta, the city, like buildings, events, people, you name it. So I was tasked with uh, putting that photographic collection together and describing it online to that finding aid. You know, and I, I knew That's yeah, I knew nothing. Um I was <laughs> like, what? Um and then I learned about preservation of photos. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and it was it was a couple of librarians that worked there. Like you can work in museums as a librarian. But um a couple of them, you know, they they were talking to me and I asked about their background and you know, I was working with the back end of things, putting information in the system. And I was like, this is neat. How do I, you know, how do I turn this into a career? And I was like, oh, you know, you got to go to library school. And I said, excuse me, I just got out of school. <laughs> so, you know, they were talking to me. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. So I took a year, like that was a um, contract job. All I could get was contract jobs. So when my contract was up, I took, like about a year because I just felt so lost like man you're going to go back to school I already did one master's um so in that year I started researching librarian like what they do um what the degree is about which is called library information science um like what does that mean like I just took a year to write things down and break it down (laughs) And then I said, do I want to do this again? Because <laughs> I put my blood, right. sweat, and tears. Because when you go to graduate school, that is like a higher form of sacrifice <laughs> than just being an undergrad. Exactly. Because that's like, right, because that's like five years and everything that you're tapping yeah. into. It's, it's almost like how you go to be a PhD, but not really. It's kind of like on that intensity. <laughs> Um, so I was like, do I want to do this again? And I was just lost. And, you know, at that time I, I was single because I went through a, um, a breakup and I didn't really have anything kind of like distracting me at that time. So I was like, Hey, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it all the way. Um, so I still wasn't sure. But I just, on a whim, just applied to a library, like a public library. And okay. I didn't get the job. <laughs> but the interview the interview went great. <laughs> but somebody else got the job. And I was like, okay, oh well. Um, and then they called me back. Because the person that um, got the job, they got a better offer somewhere else. And they liked my interview so much, they kind of said, hey, you still want the job? I was like, oh, okay. Like, it it didn't pay much, (laughs) but I mostly was just the person that checks out books. And I talked to people, um, put books on shelves, et cetera, you know. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a hard job. Somewhere like a year into that, um, almost a year into it, I start to, the librarian degree started to come up again because I sort of liked what I was doing. So I was like, okay, you know, and the other librarians were like, you got to do it. You can do this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to apply. 
I like the fact that you had some support behind you with uh with what you wanted to pursue and to push you to do yeah do and I I just kept asking questions you know I the librarians I was like okay what is library school like for you um where does this take you you know I I always I just kept asking questions and I just kept being open um and then I just kind of you know I, I sobbed because <laughs> I was like oh I gotta do this again <laughs> and then I just did it <laughs> yeah I understand that like I'm gonna be honest with you I actually did uh do some librarian work when I my 12th grade year oh, of high sweet. school yeah, in the twelfth in the twelfth grade and everything, I was actually given the opportunity to work in a library because I did like reading and stuff like that. And so I decided to go on ahead and try it out at the public library mm-hmm. over here. And for me, that's not my kind of line of work, but I commend you for actually doing that. Because for me, I had a you know, I was checking in books, checking out books mm-hmm. like you had to do, take off take out the card at the very back of it if they're about to go oh, on the John. On, wow that's on. old school <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> like and then like if nothing else was going on they wanted me to polish the sh- you know dust the shelves oh my gosh like that. So I I'm didn't like, do that <laughs> yeah so uh, what kind of work were you doing I was doing the checking in checking out the books and then also too at the very back of it, you know, you have that yes. card or whatever. <laughs> I actually had to pull that off because they they were about to go on sale for uh oh, for the public. Okay. The one of the cool thing is I did get to bring back a couple of Stephen King books I ripped up, that I wanted up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is but... the good part. You you get kind of like I don't want to say first deals, depending on what library right. you work in. <laughs> But you kind of get first right. dips on the latest book that's coming out or DVD. Right. But, you know, I commend you big time for that because this, that line of work, like I said, it takes a special person to do something like that. For me, I'm more of a people kind of person where I like to be more interactive yeah. with people and to be able to actually talk rather than whisper. So... That environment was not for me, but I commend you big time for actually wanting to do something like that, especially with your major and also wanting to go back to school again. Oh, so I definitely you. commend you for it's doing that. It's interesting you Rewind. say that because libraries now are noisy. <laughs> They're like a social place, well, right? Right. And um, right. Like I'm, I don't work at the public library now, but I've, I've adopted skills. And my my career path is still evolving. Because um, <laughs> working, I, I worked for the county, like a public library. Um, mm-hmm. Was that 2018? Um, and I saw that there wasn't much security in it. Because um, it, it was like county politics and funding and stuff like that right. and I was like oh it's so uneasy you know I like my job you know um I like talking to people uh I had attitudes sometimes you know I was like okay back off you know <laughs> it's just one dollar right <laughs> you must pay your fine you know um <laughs> uh, yeah right or the copy oh, machine my gosh. yeah I had to do that I had to help people like how do you do a resume I'm like okay right. You know, like you, you just never knew what was gonna happen, and it it was like you always had to be on your toes. 
you know so i so that didn't take me away from it it was just a county politics and you have to stay in it for like x number of years and insurance like i didn't have insurance and i was like i can't do this for long you know i like what i'm doing but i right. i need some security so I, exactly yeah. Because you definitely lose those yeah. benefits and everything else. Because you want yeah, to be able to take care of yourself. If you're going into that line of work, you have to know. Okay, if you're going to be a library assistant, uh, if you're that good, yeah, maybe you can get more money. <clears throat> but you also have to take into account county politics. Um, you also have to take into account you have to stay there for X number of years before you get full time. Because I was part time. And then you get insurance, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know. That was my crazy years. But then I was like, okay, I'm just going to work another public library. And surprisingly, that wasn't, I don't know the term for it. It wasn't a breach of contract. I don't know, because I worked two public libraries. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. I'm, I'm, I commend you for that as well. Uh, yeah, that. I was nuts because <laughs> that's that's a lot of work, <laughs> and that still wasn't enough money. So I just did like two public libraries plus well, um, what do you call those jobs? Crap, I forgot what it's called. Freelance or uh, something like that. Or freelance. Yeah, so, sort of like that. So I had basically three jobs I was doing just to get like a decent paycheck. Um, but in the midst of that, right. I learned all these skills, right? Um, long story short, because I know you got a lot more questions to ask me. Um, <laughs> um, I applied to a university. I was like, okay, well, let me just take a stab in the dark. And I kept applying to this university countless times and I didn't get in. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? This is the last time. And if not, I'm just going to stay where I am with my three jobs. <laughs> so lo and behold, <clears throat> I got the position I am in now, which is catalog metadata assistant. And I work at a university library in Georgia. Um, yeah. Awesome. And it is complete 180 from public uh, the politics are I different you're dealing with academics um, I'm working on the back end of things where in, like my title is mostly just I provide like an address <laughs> for the book you know how when you're on the front end and you're in the library right or you're a student right. and right. you go through the library catalog and you're like, I want to find a book on Maya Angelou. And you look in the catalog to see if it's available. And then you're like, what is this about? And you'll see a summary. And you'll see a date. And you'll see, oh, I wonder if there are more books like this. And then you'll see all these subheadings, you know, like poetry, blah, blah, blah. So I do all that on the back end for my job. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> So that's that's pretty much what I do. Long story short, I just make information accessible with books so that students could check out their textbooks or whatever they want to do. That's what I do. Oof. All right. <laughs> so my other question is this. All right. 
so you know, you and I have been friends for like has it been ten years, years or more? Wow, and we never met, that, ladies though, and gentlemen. <laughs> no, we haven't. But you know, we were in that one geek group or whatever. I don't like, know your time name or anything, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, my question was this: like, how did you? become a geek how did you wind what was the first thing that said you know what this is actually the kind of thing that i like i like uh comics i like video games i love movies and stuff like that was there something that you were actually brought into or was it just something that you decided to pick up one day and decided to check something out or what What was the i think it's a little bit of both because i as a kid i always were playing video games in the arcade they used to be in the mall. <laughs> yeah. Right. I remember those um, days. <laughs> yeah. And they used to be in the laundromat. So. <laughs> yep. I remember those days again. Once again. I'm showing my age. Matter of fact, there was a place in Boston called Good Fun Times. And it was like a nothing but arcades. Oh, wow. That's all it was. Was one big huge arcade center. Dang. I used to waste yeah, my time over there. Yeah, when we didn't have a washing machine yeah. when I was a kid, we used to go to the laundry rat. I used to play Street Fighter too and eat my Funyuns. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, not telling my. Well, I'm 35, so I don't really care if people know my age. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a little bit of both. Like growing up with Dad and Sega Genesis. Um, the friends I had slowly kind of introduced me to some things um, and just finding it on my own, like how there used to be comics in video stores. And the first yep. comic I was drawn to was X-Men. And I was like, huh, this seems pretty interesting. Okay. And then you see the cartoon, you know, from the 90s and you get more into that and Power Rangers and you go to school and you talk about it with the other kids. Like, it just kind of evolved, you know. Like, I, I found it. Right. And then it found me. That seems to be the theme of my life. It found me. <laughs> it said, hey, Tamika, this is geekdom. Come over here. I was like, who are you? Oh, blinded by the light. But that's <laughs> what I would describe. Yeah. That's pretty much what I would uh, I would answer that question. It just kind of found me, and right. you know, and I like some anime. Of course, that found me because I would meet somebody, and they're like, "Oh, I like anime," and you're like, "Oh, really? Cool. What's that about? It's this, this, this. Hey, watch this anime." You see, that's what I like about you, though, too, though, is how diverse you are. Whenever it comes down to certain things, you're not afraid to try something mm -hmm. new. And everything when you get, somebody introduces you to something, you're like, okay, I'll give this a shot and see how it is. And there's a curiosity within yourself to check something out. So that's what I appreciate about you. Oh, on thank you. That level. Yeah, I've always been a curious child, which has gotten me in trouble. <laughs> but me too. it is led <laughs> it's led me to where I am because I think with becoming a librarian, you have to have a curiosity. Because you would just randomly research things. Um, you know, like, right. when did this coin come out that I have? I don't know. Let me check that out, you know. 
Right, because I was also taught too, where it's like you have to question everything. You have to wonder, okay, what does mm-hmm. this mean, or what does that mean? You don't let it be just this one thing, and that's it. Question it. Question everything. Yeah, because even do. like, because I'm a I'm a Christian. Like even I consider myself spiritual right. Christian, but whatever. Um, even that, I question <laughs> things, you know, and I think that right. that's good to have a, a healthy curiosity um to why is this this way why is we why is it that way blah 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 you know i i exactly. think personally like when you question things even in your beliefs that it would take you to a higher level hopefully <laughs> and if not then please try something else <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, my other thing too is I know that you did a little hosting party last yes. night. And I was just wondering how did you wind up hosting the Jackbox um, party? Well, I'm in I'm an admin for it's called Atlanta Emerging Librarians. And I used to well, I'm in the group, like a member too. Um it's mostly uh regional paraprofessional library group um in georgia mm-hmm. you know we try to get together and do events um we try to just put out the latest job openings um so it's like a support networking group i once again i fell okay. into it because <laughs> my, my <laughs> boss in my current job was like oh they're looking for apps I don't know how she put it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I just thought it was some committee that you join, you know, in this group um, that you just right. help out with stuff. And when I got there, they were like, all right, so congratulations to our new admins. I was like, excuse me? I thought that I was just going to like blow up some balloons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get to my next question about something else. Uh, that's pretty much what happened. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. And it was me and two other girls. Thankfully, they were like, well, I don't know what we're doing either. Let's figure it out. And we just kind of thought what would be fun. <laughs> and um, this past Saturday, we had a a Jackbox virtual game night. One person showed up, but it's fun, you know. We did it. Uh, we're going to do a continual series, um, but it's trial and error because we're finding that on Saturday night, maybe a lot of people are busy and during the week, that's right. kind of like true. a great time to have it. So we're going to try to transition that to like a week event during the week. So that's another All opportunity right. for networking as well. Um, and to put it on your resume because when I found when you're working when you're working in academia uh, as a librarian particularly because I've been on the other side where I've been on the hiring committee for other basically my own boss <laughs> like she's a department chair <laughs> and I was on the hiring committee for her to be a director just randomly <laughs> so I've I've, I've found out that the librarian resume in academia is long. 
because <laughs> you have like the you know I work here I work here then you have I'm part of this committee I did this work I published this blah 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 like you know it's it's a bit longer than if you're just going in the public most definitely it's definitely going to be a long list for everything yeah. that you're listening that you've done but yeah that's that's how I got into that group. <laughs> it's a year commitment so I'm almost okay. through so another... <laughs> let's see another thing too is that's speaking of falling into things that's pretty much how this happened with you and I doing the show yes uh, although Together. we've been friends for a long time <laughs> You just randomly saw my Facebook post, I think, when I was talking about my love for Keanu Reeves and you were picking at me. Right. <laughs> yes, because I call like him I Kiki. Always do. Um, and you were like, that's funny. <laughs> and then you just were like, hey, you want to be on my show and talk about top 10 Keanu Reeves movies? And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. What do I do? Just talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like, I, was, I could do that. I, I, could I will talk. tell you, I was very nervous because I was like, I've never been on a show, and I don't know what to do. But you have made it like where you're so natural, where it's like you're just talking on the phone with a friend, right? Exactly, and that's what I want the show to actually feel like. I want to feel like, you know, it's just friends talking about movies, talking about top ten stuff, you know. I don't want it to feel like, you know, well, we're professionals. We're not going to joke around about this or that or whatever. I'd like yeah. to actually have a full-blown conversation. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I want. That's what I wanted from this from the get-go. Have like a laid-back kind of show where we can actually interact with yeah, each other. and we're going to talk about certain movies. So I just want to say this, too. Thank you for all the hard work that you've done with well, we gotta get the page to that, and with everything that you've been doing okay okay we're gonna get to it i didn't know there was a process it's my interview okay 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 but yes so all right oh yeah so let me get back to kiki (laughs) so anyway like i was saying (laughs) yeah we just started talking about the movies um, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was thinking, oh, okay, well, that's it. You know, I just switched to your other episodes. And you're like, hey, you want to come back on the show? I was like, okay, I guess this guy hasn't had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just kept inviting me and inviting me. And you're like, hey, do you want to be a co-host? And I said, what? <laughs> I don't know what to do. You're like, yeah, just, you know, just be on the show with me and we talk about stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I guess so. And then some kind of way we wrote my sister into this. And I was like, oh boy. And now she's right. like, when is my next appearance? And I blame you. And that would be very. <laughs> and I'm just going to say this it'll be right yeah, after I'm finished with Lucifer. So. She's a big fan of Lucifer, the show, not the. <laughs> I like how you go into Christianity and then all of a sudden you go into. <laughs> yeah, it's the big riddle. <laughs> like she's going to go into her bedroom yeah. and there's candles lit in there. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. 
I just had to make up. it specific. <laughs> uh, oh, right. But yeah, so <laughs> you were, you, you made me co-host, right? And you were like, oh, you can do the blog right. too. And I was like, what is going on? And then you just gave out your responsibilities. And I was like, I don't know what to do. You want me to write? Oh, I hate writing papers. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so kind of way I looked at your other articles you've written. And then I looked at other people's um, articles and, you know, just entertainment news, what they write about. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I put my spin on it and made, as the librarian I am, <laughs> I had to make sure I credit the photos. <laughs> Nerd. Um, <laughs> like, don't sue us. <laughs> we got this photo from here. But yeah, right, exactly. and then I think the rest, <laughs> it, it just kind of tapped into talents I didn't know I had. Like, you didn't really ask me about a website. I just kind of was like, huh, I wonder how do you make a website? <laughs> and then I just kind of found Wix site. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. And I was like, what does this do? What does this button do? This, 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 bloom, bloom. And I was just asking you information. <laughs> You're like, why are you asking me this? And I was like, don't worry about it. And then I was like, boom, I made a website. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And then I started making posters. Exactly. It was like overnight. It was like one of those things that happened like overnight. And I'm like, why are you asking me these questions? Boom. And all of a sudden it's like, bam, there it is the next day. Oh, boom. And it's like, we're going live. Going You're like, like, what the are? hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like, you were oh, like, yeah. I was like, ooh, you doing, you're going to interview but somebody? No. Can I do promotional posters? Okay. Boom. Promotional right. posters. And I mostly use, well, I had to credit my coworkers because they helped me to navigate through Adobe Spark because that's where I do half the promotional posters okay. from there. So I was like, boom, promotional poster. You're like, whoa, I did not ask you to do this, but this is pretty cool. So half the things you didn't ask me, but I feel like you led me into untapped potential I did not know was there. Thank you. That's going on my resume. I'm glad that I did that for you. I really do. That does mean a lot to me. Okay, I'm glad it did. I know you I can will. also use me as a reference too, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really do appreciate all the work that you've done. And not only that, but when you write, I can feel your passion when you're writing as yeah. well. So that's another key factor that I look for. What I'm looking for an admin and stuff like that is the passion behind everything. And then also, too, you also taught me how to actually uh, network as well. So you teach me something, I'm teaching you something. So, yeah, you um, unofficially or officially made me an advisor. And I was like, John, I have no idea what to tell you. I just know. And I think my experience, too, (laughs) with networking, and I'm constantly networking. I just apply that to you. I'm like, okay, so did you talk to this podcaster? Did you ask them what they did? Did you ask them this? Did you ask them that? Partner with these people. Da da da. Blah blah blah. <laughs> blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. You know. Right. You're like my concierge. Yeah, you're like my concierge. I'm like, what's this? Uh uh-uh, uh, <laughs> so- that's not good for the brand. What else you got? You like, oh, okay. 
Like you come to me like I've done this before. <laughs> I'm like I haven't. <laughs> but you, I just you know like you have though the so. position I've been in with like the library museum right. and just like how to navigate through niche markets like just networking network 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 hard work luck chance network flood the market bright color pictures boom hey catch the eye blah blah advertise (laughs) oh yeah but I do thank you for all your hard work Tamika I really do like I said I can't thank you enough (laughs) um my other let's see the the other question I have for you is this what got you into D&D because I know that you're huge into Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) and I am too um so um, uh, a guy I was dating he was kind of into it and I guess he kind of taught me some stuff but I wasn't too I was fascinated with it but not too much um the geek group I was in they had like one shot D&D sessions for beginners and they taught you the rules of the game and whatnot so I did that um, I naturally, I like group work, you know, making uh, a product available, making it work, blah, blah, blah. I like that in general. So that drew me to Dungeons and Dragons because you have to work as a team to achieve a mission, you know, and that part attracted me a lot. You know, um, and then you have to think on your toes too. You know, like right. okay, a dragon's approaching you. Exactly. What do you do? I slit it in the throat. Boom. Take the go. Then you're like, wait a minute, to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's negotiate. Maybe I have a potion where I talk to dragons. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> it keeps you in check too. <laughs> so you're like, okay, you need to calm down. <laughs> right. Another thing, too, is you actually have to realize that you're no longer you. You're that character. So, therefore, you have to put everything, putting your stuff aside, and put, you become that character. So, everything that you would have I'm done is not necessarily what the character would do. <laughs> I feel like I'm half and half. Like, I'm half the character and <laughs> half me. <laughs> the curiosity comes idea. into play a lot with my characters. Because everybody's like, okay, so I guess we're done in this temple. We're going to go. I'm like, what that room is? Nothing. We got to go. I want to see what that room is. Roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see the building is collapsing. What's that? What, you do? Oh, what is this room? And then what I happened to go into helped us on their mission and gave us money. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You see, my character was like an awkward robot oh, named Mitch that didn't really do anything. <laughs> and he was like a social awkward oh, wow. robot who thought he was a human being. Yeah, and basically, he was not used to the human world at all. As soon as he stepped out of his little house and saw someone mm. bugging him, he goes back in his house because I do not like Sound like me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm 
like I said, I mean, that was just one of the characters I made. I made, made a, another guy, another character named Rinser, who was actually named awesome. off of Trent, from Trent Rinser, Nine Inch Nails. I just called him Rinser. Yeah. And pretty much he was like, basically the way I character, can I, I can actually say that his character is, he's kind of like one of those playboy mm. kind of characters where he wants to <laughs> screw everything. Go ahead. <laughs> so... So, yeah, I made him into, like, a kind of, like, a drunkard, kind of, like, a womanizer type of character and stuff like that. Trying something different that I haven't done before, because I'm not used to playing as characters like that. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try something different. Yeah. So, I yeah, sometimes with the, the character, like, I, I, yeah, I have to study the background, but sometimes I just go against what the character is. Like, if I'm playing a monk dragon, right, you would think, oh, it's supposed to be peaceful. I'm like, I slit it in the throat. <laughs> Did I take his blood and, and go home? <laughs> you know? And they're like, whoa. <laughs> what kind of monk? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes I just... I, I, it is good to read about the background, you know? So, you know... Um, you're proficient in this language, you know, this history, blah blah blah. But sometimes I'm a renegade in D and I'm like, I sit you in the throat, which you can see a theme. <laughs> I'm kind of violent in D and and for some reason, I'm always at the bar or the tavern. Sorry, <laughs> in D and D, seems like the bar and taverns are always like the easiest place that you can actually yeah it's a good place to get to meet other characters that can help you along your journey i don't know that's about it for me so yeah and then i (laughs) kind of okay well i'm gonna say currently because we're on pause right now but i am in an all-girls D group with my coworkers, and it's been interesting playing with all girls (laughs) Because, yeah, we play like just as hard as the guys. But then we're like, okay, so it's o'clock, I'm done. I got shit to do. I'm like, oh, okay, I like this. Whereas I play with a bunch of guys, I'm like, it's 1 a.m. <laughs> my attention span goes to two hours. I can't do this. And then I right. find ways to like kill my character off so I can go home. <laughs> so you can't. <laughs> so you self-terminate your own terrible. I love that. <laughs> It's like, you know what? I'm tired of this campaign. Yeah, or they say, oh, to me, what do you do? I don't know, whatever the group wants to do. And I just go, I'm like, I just just need something to keep me awake. And if I got some Red Bull, it's 10 o'clock past my bedtime. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm terrible for those campaigns. So don't invite me to those. Because I don't have a two-hour attention span. Yeah, for me, yeah, I just like I've been in some campaigns where it's like, <laughs> wow, I got here at six and it's two a.m. I've been done. Yeah, and I I'm like, they're like, okay, roll for initiative. What are you gonna do, Tamika? Tigger, you do that, you gonna get killed. Oh no, I'm dead. Time to go home. <laughs> peace out. Oh, you leaving for real? All right, yeah, I'm leaving for real. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm getting tired. <laughs> Uh, terrible. <laughs> Let's see here. Another 
question no I want to ask you now. This is going to be one of those serious topics, especially especially with the way things are going right now. And I know that you face a lot of prejudices and stuff like that too, along with things, you know. And I was just wondering, how do you handle people that are racist, and how do you fight against the prejudices? I think the first time, it's not really a, a geek thing, it's just in general. Like, the first time I encountered racism was in middle school. Uh, it was a mixed middle school, you know, diverse. Um, and I was dating a guy at the time, and his, I thought I was dating him. <laughs> he was white. And um, his brother um, told me, like, he's just dating you because he wants to date some black girls. And, you know, he was like, you know, but a nigger, you know. Um, and I froze. I was like, oh, wow. wow. And I was with another, like, my friend. He was a guy. He was black. And my friend's like, you can't say that to us. And Brothers, I say whatever I want to you. And I was like, Whoa. and we didn't really tell anybody. We just were like in shock, you know, like, oh my God, you know. Um, so that's the right. first and hopefully the last time anybody called me that. Because <laughs> I was a little goober. So, yeah. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. I just can't stand the prejudices and the racist of what's going on and everything. I cannot stand for someone to say the N-word or anything like that either. I go off on the deep end when someone does that, like to the point where I will actually yeah. put someone against the wall for somebody calling someone that. <laughs> My, like, I was brought up with respect. Respecting other people for who they are. I was taught to love people. I was taught to accept people for, like I said, accept people for who they are and everything. And as soon as I hear somebody say something racist, it just snaps. Something in me just turns into the Hulk where I'm just wanting to, you know what I'm saying? To just put some type of self-respect into that person. Yeah, and I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I've had situations where (laughs) I have had friends, quote unquote, you know, a rap song comes on and then they're like, nigger. And I'm like, wait a minute, what you say? Like, I thought it was universal that your white friends would know that you're supposed to just omit that word. I mean, I know where, you know, it's your music. Like, you bought it and we're in your car. But you still have to respect your friend, you know. So I, that's those situations, they still kind of get to me sometimes, you know. Um, I'm not friends with those people anymore because they never got resolved um, properly, like face-to-face. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've encountered those two situations and maybe, like, I don't want to say, I don't know the word for it, covert. Yeah, that was- whatever. Yeah. Yeah covert racism um like just dating white guys and just the person's friend come up to me like why why do you date white guys are there no black men like i don't it's an it's the intention or how how i feel like it's a difference between curiosity and the intention 
that's that's where I draw the line at. Like if you're curious, like, hey Tamika, um, why do you why do you date white guys? Why you know, what's up with that? Like you're you know, it's the way you come at me. I don't know. Like if you're really ignorant um about it, then you're like, Oh, I'm just I just wanna know because I, I always wanted to know. I just I don't know. Exactly. You know, I'm just curious, you know, then I'm okay with it. And I don't really have a preference, really. I just, they found me. <laughs> right. You exactly. Know. Because that's the way I look at it, too. I don't, with me and everything, if I have something in common with that person, I feel that connection with that person. You know, race is not an issue with me or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, if I have that connection with somebody that's the opposite race or whatever, I'm going to try and figure out if, if we can actually date or not. You know what I'm saying? Because I yeah. want to be with that person. Because of the stuff that we actually have in common. We actually have that connection to where we can actually do something. You know, and we can build on something. And, yeah. you know, that's what I gravitate towards. I don't gravitate towards, oh, this person's black. Let me, I wonder what that would be like. I'm not that kind of person. That's, that's like doing like a science experiment just to see what would happen. And I'm not that type of person where I'm like, you know what? This, this some people that do that forget that there's actually a person and everything instead of thinking of them like as an exp- science experiment and that's not right you shouldn't think of people as like a science experiment I wonder what would happen if I date someone that's black or any other race you know what I mean yeah yeah most definitely because that, yeah. that's another nitpicky thing I have it's like this person is a person and everything and you're treating them as a test subject for your own understanding. You can go on ahead and just ask a, someone a question, like you said, and ask them, a, ask, ask you a question in general, and that's it. You don't have to go on ahead and try to do a whole entire experiment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also, it's, it's strange, but I've, I've also felt, and I know that there are groups where it's like we're colorblind you know I, I've been the only black person in the room and I've expressed you know I'm the only black person in the room like I when I say that it's like where's the diversity in this group you know um, exactly. or where's the diversity in general and I've felt that and I've always been curious but it, it turned into a negative for me like why do you always focus on race Right, and I was like, I don't know, like it's it's okay to be colorblind, you know, like we're all the same, but sometimes, like when I think you just feel it sometimes, you know, like like I'm the only white person in this black group, I'm the only black person in this white group, I'm the only whatever, whatever, like you you sort of feel it, even if the intention is good, you know, right. Exactly. But yeah, I haven't had many like um encounters with racism, like those two situations. But just like reading about stuff online, which I try not to do. When Black Panther came out, there was like a lot of back well not a lot, it was some backlash. Um and I was shocked, you know, because I'm thinking, okay, we all like Marvel, right? Right. 
and then there's I know it's a small percentage of racist people maybe in the geek world but they're like doing these posters like nigger man with a watermelon and he's black panther right. and like why are they always in Africa I'm like and that's my thing I'm like did you read the comic like <laughs> just, exactly it's in Africa like people like too many too many black people on the screen or why is it so Africa? It's Africa in my face. I just, oh, too much Africa. I'm like, but did those people to me, I'm like, maybe they didn't read the comic. Maybe that's what's going on here. Because if you read that's the comic, then you would know it's just the story set in Africa. And yeah, black people are excited about Black Panther because it's the first time we have a, a black superhero, like just all black cast and superhero on the screen so yeah we're excited you know right because it's something that is actually brought into a positive light where you guys can actually have something to represent yourselves yeah it's all about representation just like you know you have um captain marvel you know it's like women kicking butt we have wonder woman and some male chauvinist men in the geek group like oh not geek, but you know, in general, right. geek them. They're like, oh my gosh, it's too much women on the screen. Oh, ugh. you know, they don't know anything about diversity or anything like that. They're yeah. stuck in their own little nutshell and of a life. Comics in general should be diverse. And like, you're, if you're following <clears throat> the father of all comics, <laughs> called Stan Lee, um, he co wrote Black Panther and he you know, co-wrote X-Men, and he was like, I, I wrote X-Men because of diversity and, you know, outcasts, whether it's your race or your, your or sexual orientation, like, I, I wrote it because of that, you know, or you're a kid that's getting picked on. Like, he, he wrote those characters that you're like, oh, it's so much Africa. Like, you... Right. If you go to Stanley Grave or Ghost and you tell him I have an issue with Black Panther, like I don't think many people know about the the history of comics, like the the characters, or they don't read it. And I'm assuming right. those people are the ones that are having this issue with diversity. Like they're used to seeing it one way, and I'm like, that's fine, but. Our society is changing, I hope. And right. they're and trying to evolve. Yeah, and there needs to be more representation um in comics and in movies that everyone gets a turn. You know, like you can have like Miss Marvel, the new Miss Marvel, she's Muslim. Like and then you have Captain Marvel. The <laughs> oh boy. Oh, those two, it, it, that that the names <laughs> kind of mix me up a little bit. It's okay, but you have Captain Marvel, and you have Ms. Marvel. You know, like there's representation for all. Is what I'm into, or you may have like LGBTQ plus characters in comics. I don't right, know because now they want to be represented in the way in the positive light, just like. Uh, how everyone was able to be represented into a positive light with uh, Black Panther. Yeah. So now I they will have the representation too. I will admit to you the the thing that does get on my nerves that I 
kind of agree with some of them about is when you just deliberately inject black characters into um what was that fantastic four i think that right. was like michael b jordan i'm like well i i thank you for wanting me to be on the screen like a representation of me but he didn't need to be in that role you know well, like I, I sometimes i have a problem with it. it's like it's being forced too much i'm like it's okay if that's the right white character you know like it's right it's okay you don't have to always like change up the character so much just to uh, prove a point or something exactly I, I agree with you on that whole entire thing about Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm because here's the thing I said this from the get go I said you know it's okay to change the character's race and everything to that as long as it's not benefiting the actor now if it's benefiting the character I'm all for it but it just seems like that they were trying to benefit the actor rather than the character. Mm-hmm. But that's just, I don't know if you got that concept or not. From that. Yeah, I think I did. And I guess to play devil's advocate, some people would say, well, what about the the Spider-Man movie that came out with, was it Miles Morales? Like yeah, the Miles black Morales. Hispanic kid. I'm like, well, right. what about that, Tamika? They were doing that. Um, I don't know. That one seems kind of different to me. <laughs> well, maybe I'm a little Miles bit Morales biased. Was, well, another thing too is Miles Morales was always been that race in those comics for a long time. You know what I'm saying? They, it, Miles Morales has been been around for a little bit. I forgot what year uh, Peter Parker passed on his powers, but he's always been in that kind of light. Mm-hmm. But Michael B. Jordan's character. You know, whenever they decided to change the race up and everything, they could have at least gave him a black Sue Storm rather than, you know what I'm saying? Instead of saying, well, we adopted Sue. Oh, you know? yeah, that's true. So they could have went down that route, but instead they went on ahead and did a whole entire different direction. And I know that studio, the studios was a lot to uh, blame on that one because Josh Trank even said there was a bunch of stuff that he wanted in the movie and then they removed a bunch of set pieces mm. and everything too okay yeah there's a, there was a lot of drama on that set but I do agree with you 100% though that it was just a missed opportunity for Michael B. Jordan and everything though too where it was like more of the fact that they're benefiting the actor rather than the character and changing the race up because of, the, because of that yeah yeah totally but you know that's just how i'm viewing it i don't know how you see that part one what i what i said though yeah i i I see a difference (laughs) like you said with miles morales um he was specifically written um it was part of the story arc michael b jordan it's like plop michael b jordan Right. You know, it's like he right. wasn't in the comics. <laughs> what is this? Like that's my only exactly. issue with it. Uh, now the people that had issues with Black Panther and like too much Africa, I'm thinking clearly they have not read the comics. <laughs> right. I agree with you on that too because I even said the same thing. I said this is an all African uh, cast, 
and it's beautifully well done uh, and crafted African-American cast that we have. And not only that, but it's centered in Africa. Yeah. So what do you expect? It's going to be an African-based movie with African-American actors and actresses in an African 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 world. Yeah. So, you know, that's what it's centered around. So either you get over it or you just don't go see the movie. Yeah. You had to see it. And that's pretty much how I ended up saying it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you have a, a issue with it and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, so Wakanda forever. I'm like, okay, well, just let them have it, you know. Okay. We we <laughs> let you have your stuff. <laughs> right. Let us have I can stuff. see if somebody made Superman black. I would be like, okay, that's a little bit too far. I mean, like, I, I understand <laughs> quality, but you're going to have to calm down. <laughs> like Black Panther. Okay. I get it. Let's see. Another thing I wanted to know was this. What are some movies that you recommend for people to watch to fight against the racism that we've been dealing with? Hmm. Um, is it like documentaries or just in general? You can go with documentaries. You can go with movies with like that Michael B. Jordan uh, movie that I, I really enjoy. That one Michael B. Jordan movie with uh, him and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Jess Mercy is good. That talks about um, the prison system the and well, yeah, it talks about the injustice of and racism of cops accusing black men and just throwing them in jail and that that was a real story. That was from nineteen eighty something. Yep. Um where he was falsely accused of raping a white woman or killing her too. Um and they just took him straight to jail, which is illegal. They didn't really read him his rights or give him an attorney. It's straight to jail. Some kind of way they maneuver it where he kinda of went straight to death row. Uh, they tamper with the justice system there. Um, but yeah, that that's a good movie. Um, I would say Malcolm X is a good movie too. And reading the book Malcolm X is good as well. Because um, that talks about racism and whatnot. Right. Harriet, the movie Harriet that came out in 2019, I want to say. That's, yeah, it was... Yeah, that's really good. Um, you know, of course, Underground Railroad. Woo, you know. <laughs> well, you, you want to know something funny though, but it's not really funny. Which is, I find this actually stupid, and I actually ran about this on the podcast. But they were actually going to try and get Julia Roberts to play Harry. I remember Puppet. that. <laughs> I'm like, what? If you're trying to rewrite history, you just need to go one hand and stop writing. See, that's like the reverse of Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> but <laughs> but fictional character versus a non-fiction yeah. uh, person that happened in real life that changed yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah that that's a good movie um gosh well there's this documentary <laughs> that for some reason i've been watching it since i was a kid when I used to check things out at the library. Yay! Um, <laughs> it's called Eyes on the Prize. It came out in... I think originally it came out in 1990. 
So that goes through like the civil rights movement. Um, this Martin Luther King, just all the other people that helped with the movement as well. And it was unique about it is that they, the people at the time were still alive. Um, like Bull Connor as <laughs> racist police chief that uh, put Martha King in jail. They interviewed him. And that's what's unique about it. Like the people that were there at the time on both sides, they, mm-hmm. the creator interviewed them and asked them, what did you, what were you thinking at that time? You know, so I, I recommend that um, James Baldwin's movie, I Am Not Your Negro. That's a documentary. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to... Black Panther. (laughs) Black Panther. Um, I'm trying to think of other movies because I've I've seen so many movies and I know that Amazon has said, hey, we like black people. Here goes some black movies. Whoop, whoop. I know they have all that going on. Right. I'm like, come on, Amazon. <laughs> right, because I remember you messaging me that. I'm like, what? yeah, they like those are free black movies. We for the black people. <laughs> I was like, Amazon, right. please. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't think this is the right time to be. Uh, I mean, I, pre- I appreciate your effort, but damn. <laughs> right. Can you calm down. Uh, another one. I- <laughs> this is another one that I want to recommend is Black and Blue. Oh, see, I haven't seen that one. It's different because of the fact it's about a black female cop and everything, and she winds oh, up shit. getting framed Uh-oh. for something that she didn't do. Huh? Hello? Oh, hello? Oh, hello? okay, cool. Sorry about that. Okay, yeah. it's okay. But no, uh, what I was going to say was this. The movie Black and Blue is really good, but it's a different spin. Because you have a, a female black cop, and basically what it winds up happening is she gets framed for something that she didn't even do, and she's also in a black neighborhood as well, but the people in the black neighborhood don't trust her at all because now she's a cop, and she grew up in that neighborhood, and she's having to survive in that neighborhood while the cops are actually uh, putting her on the whole entire thing of, as her doing something illegal. Mm. Hmm. And Tyrese is in it too. So it's actually a pretty good movie. Okay. We'll put that on the list. <laughs> and Tyrese is actually playing something somebody that's actually taking something serious. <laughs> so for him to do something that's actually serious and doing something on that level, he did a great job with that okay, film. Okay, cool. I check that out. Yeah. You can put so, that on the list. You can put hidden <laughs> figures. Which is about three African American women who paved the way for mathematicians in NASA. Um, so that that was set in like the fifties, I think. You can put the help on the list. You know, it's about black maids and in the South and uh, what they go through, right. and they're raising these children as their own. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other, because I, it's like, you know how you just watch a lot of movies, and you're like, oh, I got this recommendation. 
Um, Selma is one that just talks about the MLK march in Selma and crossing yep. the bridge. Um, Get Out <laughs> that deals with interracial <laughs> relationships and new yep. age racism, I guess. And passive aggressive yes. racism to go with um, <laughs> Moonlight is an interesting one because it deals with being a black gay male and coming to terms with sexuality and being comfortable with it. Uh, thir- 13, 13th or whatever it's called. That's just dealing with the prison system and throughout the years and blacks and Hispanics on um, being falsely accused or having more time like if you have like a less than an ounce of marijuana, you get fifteen years compared to your your white counterpart who get like I don't know what you get for that, like a year. I don't know. <laughs> Probably something slap on the wrist, which is not right. It should be the same set of rules yeah. for everybody. Um, you know, I like um, I think it's Fruitile Station. That's the one with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually the very first Michael B. Jordan movie that actually jump started this. Oh career, wow, was yeah, sweet. Yeah, so that's good. Fences is good with Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Twelve Years a Slave is good. Basically, just dealing with slavery. <laughs> the Butler yep. is good. Um, that centers around a African American Butler who's worked in the White House and. Is everything he goes through with his son. I like Boys in the Hood. That's a classic. Um, House Party is a classic. Rim the Titans. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just stuff like that. You can yep. just go on like uh, like 48 best black movies on Netflix or best black movies, blah, blah, blah. You know, her anti-racist black movies, whatever. You could just kind of go there if you want to look at movies that discuss uh, racism and how we got here or just black black cinema in general, the storytelling. Um, I think that would be a good place too. And if you have black friends, I don't know if this is going to be your next question, but <laughs> if you have black friends... I would, I would, I would approach them, um, you know, like a, like you would do a regular friend that's struggling, you know, like how can I help? Um, do you want to talk about it? Um, I, I know I can't do much. I don't understand, but I'm here for you. Do you want to vent? Exactly. Like just listen to them, try to understand. And advocate for your friend. Basically, it's like a universal thing, you know. Like, like if your friend went through like sexual abuse, how can I help you? Uh, what can I do for you? Advocate, you know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's that's how. Yeah, because I have does. white friends, and that's how they help me. How can I help you? You know, and they advocate. You don't have to go to, uh, you don't have to protest for me. You know, um, I don't agree with the looters. 
you know that I think right you can protest peacefully um you know and just obey the the rules of hey you got a curfew and you know just just come back and protest again um I personally don't agree with the looters and uh, destroying businesses, especially in your own community. I'm like, well, where are we going to get the food right. from? You just burnt it down, you know? Right. It's like, where are we going to get anything, all our supplies and everything? Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? So, you got to go back and get food. Like, I don't agree with that or burning <laughs> any building down. I understand on the other side of it, they're like, this is the establishment. This represents this. So I'm just going to take it all down. Or some people are like, it's my chance right. to get old new Jordans. You know, it's like <laughs> my dad takes what? away from the purpose of the movement. I don't agree with people exactly. that like, just shoot them all. Just kill them. You know, like, no. yeah, not like not all police are bad. There are there are like a few who just like not all black people are loud or whatever you think about black people. Not all policemen are like that. Um I yeah. But personally I don't know why. Even when I'm around a cop, I do get nervous still because I don't know what type of policeman that is. I don't know if you're one of the few rotten apples um, or you're just a good cop. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I still get nervous. Right. Um, like if I get a speeding ticket, I, I try to just put my hand somewhere they can see and um that's your yeah, best that's your best thing just, to do too you know? you know try not to it's frustrating but try not to get an attitude is just do what they say but sometimes if you do what they say some some cop could still just shoot you for no reason because maybe they had a bad day which is definitely. no excuse but no, um so it's kind of like you just do your best as a as an African American person with a cop, you just do your best, you know. Um, <clears throat> if the cops are showing you, um, if they're genuinely showing you, um, I'm not like those other cops, and they listen to your story. Um, you can kind of get a sense of people, like you can feel like this person has What's a good energy. So that's what I do with. with the- I try to do that with cops. But most importantly, I try to do it with friendships. Um, I try to have diverse friends. Um, but mostly it's just the person. Like, you know, like I try to fill them out. Um, if they want to understand me more, like, what is this like for you as an African-American? How are you feeling with all that's going on? That to me is genuine. And I talk about it. Um, but yeah, I think my, um, the, the white friends that I have, they keep me from assuming that all white people are the same. And I think having like, yeah, I think having like friends that are, um, diverse, that helps you 
to see that, oh, not all black people are the same. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I can definitely see your both, both sides on that, of the coin on that one, too, you know? And I'm glad that you have, like, positive friends that actually do that and everything, too. You know, and I'm glad I'm actually one of your yeah, good friends. Yeah, some you know? of my white friends, they're radical. I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> I need you to calm down. Right. But, you know, I just want to say thank you again for being on here. I know that that's pretty much, you just answered one of oh, my sweet. questions, too. So, without even, yeah, so we covered everything that I wanted to actually okay, cover cool. in this. You know, because I wanted to, I wanted to find out from your perspective on what the best way to actually ask someone that's actually white to learn something, and you've actually covered yeah, I would say just you know educate yourself. Uh, even if you don't have black friends, go against the grain. You know, just like purposely go out and be curious. You know, like why are black people still talking about slavery? You know, go go to what slavery was about. What was it built on? Um, you know, if you have black friends, ask them, you know, how do you feel? Basically, it's just a universal human thing, you know. Like, if your friends have a bad day, exactly. you would ask them, how are you feeling? What can I do to help? Uh, even if all you can do to help is just listen and um, try to understand, Um and just come with genuine questions, then I think you're doing your part. Like you don't have to go out and protest. But if you want to protest, you can. You know, um, if, right? <laughs> I. This is gonna sound funny, but <laughs> I always joke and say like, like the you know the the white people during the civil rights movement. I'm like, I miss them. Yeah. Where are they? <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like, like they got it. You know, they they understood that if you're not free, I'm not free. Like, it's a it's a basic human right that you you're allowed to vote, that you're uh, you're allowed to go places. Um, so they, I don't know why, but they understood. <laughs> you know, um. Those few white people, they understood, you know, like I'm, I'm marching for your rights as well. And there, there are some exactly um, white people like that in these protests. They are like, you know, marching for your right, Which or um, <laughs> I'm gonna use my white privilege, as they call it, uh, to shield you, so that I take the rubber bullet while you protest. Like that's that's how it was in the civil rights era. Like those those people, they they died, <laughs> and you would think, why are you dying for <laughs> somebody you don't even know? Like they just they believe like because in human rights. Mm-hmm. We should right that we should have the same rights as yeah they else and everything. That's what they were laying, laying down their um. Yeah, and I joke with my white friends, but I like, would you take a rubber bullet for me or would you die for me? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) You know, they don't have to take rubber bullets for me. But it's, I don't know. 
it's complicated. Race is talking about race is it. complicated because <laughs> it's like yeah. most of the stuff you just kind of grew up into. Um, and you being the person who is the one that's oppressed, like you, you notice different like mannerisms that people have or the tone of the voice. And you would think, well, that person didn't call you a nigger. I'm like, I know, but it's, it's just the way they look at you. Like, if I'm walking by you and you clutch your purse, I'm like, I don't want your purse. I got money, you know. So it's it's just little things like that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully all that made sense. I agree with you. I, I fully on. Yeah, it did. I do appreciate you bringing some light into that and everything with that issue as well. Yeah. And, you know, I like, like I said before, I'm glad that you and I are really good friends. As a matter of fact, I consider you one oh, of my boy. best friends. Mm-hmm. And... Not today, John. I'm not going <laughs> to cry. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Not, no, no, no. Woman up. <laughs> but. But yeah, I do consider you one of my best friends, and I do appreciate you taking the time out of your night to talk about the uh, talk about racism, talking about um, how you actually became a librarian, what got you into the geekiness and stuff like that, and the film and things that you do for me. So I just want to say thank you again. Not today, John. <laughs> but yes, I, I appreciate you. <laughs> thank you. Um, thanks for yeah. being an ally for me. <laughs> as a woman and as an African American, very welcome. As a friend and as a human being, so thanks. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. You're very welcome. All right, so this is gonna do it for tonight for tonight's podcast episode. Tomorrow, I might actually be on ACS uh, YouTube channel. I just have to check with Anthony on that. We're gonna be talking about our top ten best movies of the decade I believe and then he's we're gonna he's gonna hop on to my podcast and we're gonna be talking about all three John Wick movies. So we're gonna be doing a full review on all three John Wick movies. So stick around for that Bye. tomorrow and until next time. <laughs>